Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to an Impact Cyber Church event. We are going to dive into the Word of God. Today we're talking about the mind of a miracle. I mean, the mind of the miraculous. We're talking about how God wants you to use your mind to access the life that is available to you. Now listen, this is going to be a life changer. This is the kind of thing that everybody you know that's struggling, you want to send them a link to this. You want to watch this. You'll probably want to watch this over and over again because I'm telling you what, we're going to take you some places that you may have never gone, but deep inside you always knew that they were there. Now listen, I hope you're using these series for your midweek meetings, for your I groups, for your Sunday school group, however you use it, minister to people with what we're sending you every week. This is why we put this out here for free. We want to bless the entire world. And this series and all of my series are always available for free at Impact Ministries. I'll be right back. Listen, I want to be sure that in addition to these free broadcasts that come out every single week, that you get the free download, Tomorrow's Miracle Today. Man, I want to move you into what you hope for in the future. I want you to receive it today. All right, as we dive into this thing, we're going to do a little bit of review because I want to make sure that we are all on the same page. You know, in last week's message, we talked about the fact that when God created the world, that built into creation, when he spoke these words into creation, there was an organizing intelligence that the Bible calls the wisdom of God. See, really, what happened was before God created the universe, he first conceived the world that he wanted in his heart, because that's how we do it. You see, we have to conceive in our heart first. You know, for years we were told that any words that you spoke, they were going to float around and do damage and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's some degree of reality to any kind of negative word is detrimental. But the real truth is, it's the words you speak with intention that actually have power in them. If you don't speak them with intention, they have the ability to influence because you hear them and you think a certain way, but they don't really have creative power without intention. So God first conceived the world that he wanted in his heart. As a matter of fact, in Genesis, when it says, uh, God said, let there be, the word for said, according to many Hebrew scholars, has more emphasis on what he first conceived in his heart before he ever spoke. Once he conceived it in his heart, he spoke words that had a particular intention. And when those words were spoken, they were infused with power to accomplish the goal that he had in his heart. And the information was infused in it that was needed for all things that would ever be created. But there was an organizing intelligence to bring it all together in an orderly manner. Now, the power was when the Holy Spirit moved on the face of the deep. The information was that which God had conceived in his heart. The organizing intelligence, according to the Bible, and we talked about this last week, was wisdom. Now, most of us are familiar with the concepts of power and information and the words that God spoke, but you know what? Maybe we've never considered the organizing intelligence that the Bible calls wisdom. The book of Proverbs tells us over in chapter 8, that wisdom was actually present with God before 
creation. And we even read some scriptures. I hope you read them last week. I hope you thought about them. I tell you, if you meditate on this right here, your heart will dance with joy. Proverbs 3.19 says, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. Proverbs 8.26, it says, While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, when he prepared heavens, I, wisdom, was there. Proverbs 8.29 says, When he marked out the foundations of the earth, I was beside him as a master craft. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world as my delight was with the sons of men. Now, wisdom, you know, I love the concept of the wisdom of God. You know, wisdom always has to do with practical application. Wisdom is the organizing intelligence that brings things together and causes things to work as they are supposed to work. That's why I always tell people, you know, knowledge is good. But a lot of people have knowledge that they can't get to work in real life. But when we get the wisdom of God, then we're able to bring all the pieces together in an organized way and all things work as they should. So now all of this may seem kind of insignificant when we're talking about miracles until you connect these verses with this following truth. Remember, God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the fruit of the trees, da, 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 da. And it says, and the earth brought forth. So while there were specific animals that God actually created, and of course God created man, the earliest, most basic forms of life on planet Earth came from the Earth. In other words, the wisdom, the organizing intelligence that God injected into our universe was able to use the information and the power and bring about some of the most fundamental forms of life that came at the very earliest aspect of the creation of planet Earth. Now, all things are created to support life. This is a phenomenal reality. One of the things that the Bible reveals and has now been supported by modern science is the fact that all the precise factors, the millions of precise factors that must be present, not only in planet Earth, but in the entire universe to support life, all of these uniquely and specifically designed things are present because we now know that everything about our universe, everything about planet Earth was designed to support life. And mathematically, by the way, the greatest minds in the world says, given the age of our planet, it's completely impossible mathematically that all of this could have happened randomly based on the age of the universe. They're saying in 15 and three quarter billion years, it is impossible that it just could have randomly happened. And by the way, if you didn't catch my series on the God of creation that last month, go back and listen to it because we talk about the fact that based on what we now know about quantum physics, we know that the 15 and three quarter billion year age of the earth from where we're standing looking back was actually six 24 hour days in the beginning because time and space are expanding. Now, I can't go back and go back and listen to the series. If you're interested and you'll love it and you'll get a lot out of it. So our body, just like the universe, just like planet Earth, was created to support life, health, and healing. So when God created man, he formed the man's body out of the dust of the earth. And our bodies were uniquely designed to thrive in a universe and on this particular planet that was in fact designed to bring forth and sustain life. 
And then the spirit that he breathed into us is always seeking to move us toward health, healing, wholeness, peace, joy, love, righteousness, all the good things of life that God has to offer. He even went a step farther and had Jesus come, become our sin, carry all of our sicknesses and diseases and infirmity, both emotionally and physically, so that we would never have to bear them. So God has always intended for us to have abundant life at its best. Now, this brings us to the question. If God created this world to support and sustain abundant life, and if God created my body to support and sustain abundant life, why am I sick? Why am I broke? Why am I depressed? Why do I have these bad emotions? Why am I struggling all the time? Well, you know something, that's a really a very legitimate question, but I want to tell you something. All it takes to heal, both physically and emotionally, is not to make something happen, but it's to harmonize with what God has, in fact, already done. Harmonize your whole being with God's reality. And when we do, all that God breathed into the universe and all that God breathed into our body organizes by the wisdom of God to bring about wholeness. So, let me give you some examples here. Let's start getting this down to practicality. The mind and the heart can heal the body. See, we know that a healthy organ has to operate at minus 25 millivolts. If it drops below that number, there's going to be fatigue. Eventually, there's going to be inflammation. Then there's going to be disease and death. Now, amazingly, the human mind can generate up to and beyond a million microvolts of electromagnetic energy energy run our brain based on what we're thinking and feeling. So if we can generate this in our brains, and then if we knew how to transfer this to the organs in our body, not only could our cells heal, but they can create a brand new organ with brand new programming that doesn't have any space for sickness. You see, really, we just got to get our body and our mind and our heart aligned with, are in harmony with, God's reality, and we can experience healing on every level because God has designed us. So you know something? I have a special instrument designed to measure voltage in my cells and my organs. I can be tired. I can be exhausted. I can sometimes even be sick. And many times when I finish praying and meditating, I'll measure the voltage in my organs. And what I find is I usually have an increase of 30 to 35% voltage in my organs just by meditating on the Word of God, by acknowledging the Word of God, by experiencing the Word of God in my physical body. And then that changes my emotions. Listen, I want to share with you how this happens. I want you to get this. I don't want this to be a bunch of mystical hoo-hoo. I want this to be something where you walk away and say, I can do this. So don't go away. I'll be back in just a few minutes. My new series, The Miraculous Power of Thankfulness, is incredibly practical, but it's incredibly powerful and incredibly spiritual. Listen, I'm going to walk you step by step of how you can connect to the life of God that's in you, how you can transform your body, how you can literally charge your body with God's energy that He's put all around you and that He's put in you so that your body can heal itself, so your organs can heal itself, so your emotions can change. I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing about you that you can't transform if you 
harmonize with the life of God. Today we're going to talk about spiritual mindedness. And you've heard me talk about this before, but we're going to look at it from some biblical aspects and from some depths that we may have never, ever considered it. Because remember, all transformation, which ultimately comes about through the beliefs of the heart, actually starts with the mind. And if you can't deal with the mind, the mind being your thoughts and the emotions that are generated by those thoughts, then the truth is you'll never have control over the beliefs of your heart. Now, I want you to understand something. I want to say this again. Remember, one of the biblical laws of physics said that the world that is, that can be seen, that it was created from things that could not be seen. The visible world came from the invisible. Now, the visible world did not come from nothing. When God spoke all of these things into being, the power for everything that would ever come into existence for all time was seeded into the universe. You know, there is more power in one square space of emptiness, of nothingness, than there was in the first nuclear bombs that we dropped. I mean, we don't realize the vast, unlimited power that exists within our universe. So God doesn't have to send new power for something to happen. Likewise, the power for everything that needs to happen in your body and in your emotions is already inside you. God does not have to speak something new in order for that to happen. Secondly, the information that everything that needs to happen in creation was spoken in the very beginning. Likewise, the information for everything you need was breathed into you at life. And the information for all of your cells to work right, the information for your body to overcome disease, all of that information is there. You know, one of the things that uh, was interesting, when they began this big genome project, and, you know, I'm convinced that many of these scientific projects are really not designed to find ways to help us with our health. They're trying to find ways to prove that there is no God. I'm convinced that most space exploration revolves around the uh, occult idea that we were put here by aliens, and we're trying to find those aliens on other planets. And, um, and if you understood the powers that work behind the scenes, you'd understand why I'm saying that, but we don't want to get too far off the track. Here's the deal. Everything that you need is already inside you. And so we were told for years that the problem is that if you're born with certain genes, then you're just stuck. You're going to have cancer. You're going to be overweight. You're going to have this health problem, that health. None of that is true. The truth is we all have the same genes. We all have the same DNA. And the question is not, do we have the gene that's going to make us sick? The question is, is it expressing itself? And so to get well, you don't really need to get something new in your body. To get well, you need to harmonize your body with who you are in Jesus. You need to harmonize your body with what God has already given us through creation and through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So we're not trying to create something. You don't have to have enough faith to create something. You just got to have enough faith to decide you're going to believe the truth about the Word of God. Now, let's see how far we can get in this. Romans 8, starting in verse 1, says there's no condemnation. There's no expectation. There should be no reason to expect death and judgment and destruction to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, muddy right there, people jump off and lose their minds about what it means to be in the Spirit and in the flesh. But let's go and let the Bible kind of translate or interpret that for us. Verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So I can function in a law of sin and death, or I can function in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, it doesn't matter if I'm saved or lost. Even though I'm born again, I can function in the law of sin and death based on whether or not I'm spiritually minded or based on whether or not I'm carnally or naturally minded. So if I harmonize myself with the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, then I will experience the life in Christ Jesus. If I harmonize myself with the law of sin and death, then I will experience sin and it will bring death. So how do we access or harmonize with these laws? Well, it's pretty simple. It's through our thoughts and ultimately through our beliefs. Now, a crucial part of getting whole is renewing your mind so that you can put off the old man and pull the new man. In other words, you've got to have information. You know, uh, we live in a day when people don't have value for the Word of God. If you don't have the Word of God, then you don't have the information that makes it possible for you to make the right choices, for you to make the healthy choices about how you're going to overcome something, how you're going to deal with something. Now, it goes on to say this. It says, for what the law, and it's talking about just the law that you tried to obey, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The problem with the law was never that the law was bad. The problem with the law was the flesh. We could not obey it in our own strength. And really, we couldn't obey it because of the lust and the desires that work in the flesh. It says, but God did by sending his own son, the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh. Now listen, that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but after the spirit. Now I'm reading from the New King James Version, and that word requirements is not in there. This is not talking about the righteous requirements of the law. He says that Jesus did what he did, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I know a lot of Christians who walk in the flesh, and righteousness is not fulfilled in them. I know a lot of Christians who walk according to the Spirit, and righteousness is fulfilled. But one of the problems is, what's my definition of righteousness? Because we tend to think of righteousness as always being right, as always doing the right thing. But the word righteousness, and, and you know, according to where it is, it can mean various different things. But in general, the word of righteousness means as it should be. So in this law of life in Christ Jesus, righteousness, or as it should be, can come to pass in me. Well, what does that mean as it should be? Well, how does God want it to be? You know, the Bible says to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, earth is in heaven. What does that even mean? In other words, if his will is done, earth is in heaven, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be whole. I'm going to be well. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be prospered. I'm going to feel loved. I'm going to have good self-worth. I'm going to have energy, all of these things. Now, see, sin, the law of sin, when we think about sin, we tend to think about always the bad things. 
sin is pretty much the opposite of righteousness. And so sin is when it is not how it should be. You know, having fatigue, according to the strictest sense of sin, of the definition of sin, having fatigue, being tired, being sick, would be a form of sin because it's not God's will for you. Now, see, don't take that wrong. I'm not saying you're in sin. I'm, see, when you even say things like that, people who are struggling get condemned. They're like, oh my God, you're saying I'm a sinner because I'm sick. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you are not as you should be, that you are just failing to enjoy how you could be or how you should be. Now, the Bible talks a lot about doing away with the old man. Romans 6 says this in verse 6, Know this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin, the body of how it shouldn't be, might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of how it shouldn't be. Well, again, how should it be? Well, it should be both physically and emotionally life at its absolute best. Now, you're in Christ. You don't have to get this. The question is, are you harmonizing with this? See, there's the mind of the flesh. There's the mind of the spirit. Verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their things on the spirit. So this is really all it gets down to. The flesh, the body has five senses. These senses interpret everything in the world around you based on the sensations or some people would say the feelings that you have in your body. Now see, the mind that is alive to and making decisions and following and focused on what it's feeling or interpreting in this body, this is a mind of the flesh. This is a mind that is stuck in the flesh. Now, keep in mind, the body and its five senses and its cellular memories has all of these emotions, thoughts, feelings, experiences. And so the real truth is when we are aware of our bodies, when we are aware of everything our body is saying, my body says you're tired, my body says you're sick, my body says you're depressed, my body says nobody loves me. When all these five senses give me this information, this is based on everything from my past. So the reality is that when I'm aware of all of these things, I'm living in the past. And that means if I'm living in the past, the way I think, the way my emotions are going in the past, and because of these emotions, my brain is creating chemicals to support these thoughts that I have. So the truth is all of the memories of my body and their past, who I used to be, the way I used to hurt, the way I used to be sad, the way people did me in the past. And now my brain literally releases and floods my body with all of these biochemicals designed to make sure that I feel exactly what I'm putting my mind on. So really, being in the flesh is being stuck in the past. We gotta leave the past behind and we gotta live now. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us that the old is gone and the new has come. That's what these scriptures mean when it says I die daily or I'm crucified with Christ or I put off the old man. It means I will not be who I used to be. I will not live out of the sensations that come to me through my five senses. I will rise above these. I will put my mind somewhere else. I will put my attention on something else. And you know, like I've told you so many times, when you put your attention on something, because we have authority, the way our brain works is our brain says, well, since you're putting your attention there, you obviously want more of that. And so 
the neural pathways in your brain make you more capable of feeling whatever it is you're putting your attention on. So if you're thinking about your arthritis, if you're thinking about who did you wrong in the past, if you're thinking about your sorrows and your heartbreaks, then everything in you is saying, let's make sure we can feel that more than we can feel anything else. Listen, I'll be back with a mentoring moment to tell you how to get out of this in just a minute. Man, I'm going to pack everything that I can into these weekly broadcasts, but if you want to dig out all the nuggets on this, if you want to go deeper and deeper and deeper, be sure and get these series. I am telling you, it's going to change your world. You know, if you want to help people, if you feel called to the ministry, you may already pastor, you may already have a great ministry, but you're looking for more ways to help people, I want to encourage you to consider the possibility of becoming a heart physics coach. You say, what is a heart physics coach? Well, a heart physics coach is someone who has learned how to apply the principles of heart physics to their own life. They have learned how to be successful in bringing about transformation in their own life. And then they learn the skills about how to help other people transform the beliefs of the heart. You know, most of what we've been taught in ministry is all about behavior modification. It's all about getting people just to do different. Well, you know something? We want to influence people in a way where we we help them transform their beliefs so they can put on the new man, who they really are in Jesus, and experience the life of God. Listen, be sure and check out heartphysics.com or, or click on this link and check it out. You can change people's lives. All right, so we talked about what it means to be carnal-minded, to have your mind, your thoughts stuck in what your five senses are saying, what your cellular memories, all the things from the past are saying. But to leave that behind you, you've got to get into the now, into who you are in Jesus. You know something? My scripture for that is, the old has passed away, all things are made new. There's got to be that place where I leave every sense of who I am behind. How do I do that? I do that by taking the scriptures that tell me who I am and what I have in Jesus. And if you don't have those scriptures, get a copy of my prayer organizer. It's got hundreds of identity scriptures in there. You can use that as a good guide to find your way through it or just go through the Bible and everywhere you find a I am, I can, I have, through him, by him, with him scripture, you know, highlight it in yellow, write them all down. But the main thing is then you've got to be able to take those scriptures You've got to be able to put your mind into those scriptures, seeing yourself experiencing them right now. And next week, we're going to go into this about experiencing the future now. God sees the end from the beginning. And you've got to see yourself living in that scripture, being fulfilled right now. But here's the key. You've got to be able to generate the emotions of having already experienced that because you only overcome these emotions of the flesh, these cravings and desires of the flesh that say, oh, let's feel bad. Let's have another bad day. Let's have a day just like all the rest of the days we've had. Let's be depressed again today. Let's be sad today. Let's make a bad decision. Let's trust the wrong person. Let's get our feelings hurt. See, those things, those just come in thoughts. Those come in emotions and in feelings. And you've got to generate an experience where you have the emotion that is stronger than any of those emotions. And when you can do that, you can start putting death to those neural pathways that cause you to feel that way and you can start feeling something new and being who you really are in Jesus. 
thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.